Welcome to Rough Draft Revelations. I'm your host, Ashley Privet, and this is a podcast where you hear my rough draft thoughts on various topics and what I've learned about them through life, Jesus, and therapy. So I don't pretend to have all the answers and even most of them, but I want to start conversations and I want to encourage us all to engage in these topics without feeling like we have to have it all figured out. So in a world where we shout our opinions online, I see a lot of good from being able to share them, but I hope that we're giving each other room to be wrong and to revise our ideas as well. So that's the goal of this podcast. Let's learn, let's share our thoughts, and then let's learn more and change our thoughts about what we've shared. Today's episode is the first one in a mini-series on therapy, and you know that I talk a lot about therapy in nearly every episode of this podcast, and I'm a huge fan. It has changed my life for the better, and I think that there is so much good from doing therapy and sharing our therapy experiences with each other. So with me today, I have Gabe Cyrus, and we're excited to talk about our own experiences beginning therapy and the foundation of how to view it. So Gabe, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, I'm so glad that you're able to be here. So we're just going to dive in. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. So tell us a little bit about yourself first. Yeah, so I'm Gabe, and I go to church with Ashley. We're in the same small group, and I am super passionate about therapy. I I uh, got my master's in clinical social work, so I'm yeah. kind of well-versed in the subject. I don't have a ton of experience in the field, but mm-hmm. was super excited about it when I studied it, when I got to do my field experiences, and I'm just a big fan of therapy. Right? Yeah, it's great. It's <laughs> is really it weird for you to say, like, I'm a fan of therapy? Yeah, it is. Like, I don't have a shirt that says that. I don't have a tattoo of that. Like, I don't... I'm, you... I kind of want one. You know, I don't know if it fits me personally, okay. but I, I think it's it's something that I don't, I don't broadcast a ton, but it's something that if anyone begins to mention, hey, I'm thinking about therapy, I'm going to cheer them on towards it. Yeah. I just believe that it's super beneficial yeah. um, for therapists, for, for really for anyone. So. Right. Yeah. Okay. So um, you mentioned having a degree in therapy, and I know personally that you've also been in therapy yourself. But to be real though, I didn't go to therapy for almost a year after I went, got out of grad school. So really for most of my life, I had different views about therapy and okay. viewed myself more as someone who could facilitate it than someone who might mm. receive it. So it, it takes a while to, to get there. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I think it took some professors who were training me in the field, talking about their experiences in therapy and how beneficial it was and important yeah. for them to go because really therapists aren't this extra special breed of people who are perfect and have their lives figured out. They can actually have some, you know, struggles themselves. And so I think it's unfair to expect that they shouldn't go to counseling either. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned that most of your life you had a different view of therapy. So what did you grow up believing about therapy that changed? Yeah, I, I grew up seeing that therapy had a benefit for sure. Like, I don't think that I lived in a household where they didn't believe that therapy was real or helpful or that counseling would be a good thing to do. I, you know, we didn't regularly talk about going or, but we didn't say you shouldn't go. So it was kind of a general concept to me that I didn't have much engagement with. And I think one of the big 
things that I grew up believing about it was that it was you, something you only do when you're at rock bottom. Yeah. Like it felt like there was okay, there had same. to be this like this climax of everything going horribly in your life, and then yeah. that's how you knew like someone's gonna step in and say, "Hey, I really think." you should go see a counselor. And there's going to be that moment of like, oh man, like you're right. And I I think I felt like you had to be at rock bottom to go. And that therapy was, was really a secular thing. I I think I did kind of absorb that from my environment growing up. My parents never told me that. My family never told me that, but just growing up in church, it's kind of an unintended consequence of always talking about Jesus being the answer or the gospel being the answer, it kind of makes therapy sound like something you don't really need. Yes. Okay, so I grew up in a house where I agree. I think therapy was seen as like a last resort. And it also was seen as almost like a judgmental thing. Like maybe you needed it, but if you needed it, like, man, maybe that's a bad thing. And so do you feel like it was a thing that you judged people about growing up? Or was it just... Um, a last resort. I I wouldn't say that I judged people about it, but I definitely made assumptions about people if they mentioned okay. that they were in counseling or they were in therapy. Yeah. The assumption typically being they had some sort of traumatic experience. They were experiencing right. depression, anxiety. Yeah. Like they had to have some sort of you know mental health expression yeah. to deserve to be in there. Mm-hmm. I think it was a very specific category of people and experiences that justified going to counseling. Yeah, which even that in itself is so terrible because that's saying that like people who struggle with depression or anxiety or have trauma in their past that they need to work through in therapy are still like less than, which is absolutely not true. And I feel like if there's anything that therapy teaches you, it's that you're one of them. (laughs) And so, (laughs) yeah, it kind of levels the playing field for sure. It really does. Because it it is very easy to to elevate yourself above when you just don't understand what the process is actually like. Yeah. And we're all just human. Mm -hmm. There's like that Chris Renzima song, which I don't know if we've talked about this, but I know you love Chris Renzima too. Yes. Um, His song called Better. He's like, we all just want to get better. And I just think about that. Like, that's all that we want. We're all in the same boat. Um, But I definitely grew up believing those lies about therapy, too. Yeah. And you mentioned this, but believing that, like, Jesus is all that we need. It's an easy statement to accept because how can you possibly, like, deny that statement? Like, (laughs) how how am I supposed to combat (laughs) Yes. If you say that, how am I supposed to combat that? I I know. You unpack that game. Well, I I do want to say a, a big part of kind of my knowledge around this has to do with this subject of nuthetic counseling. And that was kind of where I first saw that there's a distinction between biblical counseling and nuthetic counseling, where nuthetic counseling is more so that, that Jesus really is all you need. And okay. the things that the interventions that they use are going to be much more religiously based. So it's going to okay. be reading scripture, praying. It's, it's very spiritually emphasized. Biblical counseling is more of an intersect between the clinical and the spiritual, where yeah. you're, you're using real interventions and methodologies, um, but you're you're not saying Jesus is the only only way that you're going to get through right. this. Like Jesus has given us things to help you through yeah. what you're experiencing. Which really, to be honest, reflecting on what I don't know led me to start counseling for the first time was the fact that I realized finally that Jesus wasn't 
going to be all that I needed, which sounds terrible, but in the way that, I don't know, in the way that I mean it, you just understand, right? But Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, rough draft. <laughs> rough draft. Yeah. But I really did come to this realization that I was trying all of those biblical principles of praying and reading my Bible, and it wasn't cutting it. Like, mm-hmm. I still had all of these things that I could not work through, all of these really difficult things that were, I don't know, affecting me in big ways. And so I reached, I don't know, maybe a rock bottom where I did say, you know what, I'm going to try therapy because I need something. And that just was so helpful and way more helpful than I ever expected it to be. Yeah. But um, I think part of what happens too with this is it's so, I feel like we have to, dance around this a little bit almost when we talk about it because we we need Jesus like I I can assert that and believe that and it sounds like these two things have to be separate Mm, and that you can pursue one or you can pursue the other whereas I think a lot of times what can happen when we tell people that they just need Jesus or they need to pray or, or read scripture and memorize that scripture and apply it we really oversimplify the experience and then that results in unmet expectations and more frustration. Yeah. And, and it makes it seem like we're attacking the belief that Jesus is all we need and that Jesus is enough. Right. But it's really sometimes counseling and therapy helps us unpack and get to a level where we can really engage with Jesus in a meaningful way. Okay, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think that going to therapy has allowed me to have so much closer of a relationship with the Lord. Yeah. And it has helped me to be more honest with the Lord and... Yeah, it has just improved that so much. Yeah. And so I agree with you. Yeah. They're not they're not opposite sides of a coin. They are working together yeah. in tandem. And um, yeah, the Lord uses therapy to bring healing and mm-hmm. it is a grace that is given to us. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think another thing that I believed about therapy was that my therapist was like a fairy godmother (laughs) and I would just go and be like, you understand, right? Like, you know me better than I know me and you're going to fix me, right? And you do things perfectly. And so that was something that I, I mean, it took my therapist telling me that he was not a fairy godmother and could not fix me and did not know me better than I knew myself every single week for a long time before I really began to internalize that. But that definitely was a lie that I believed about therapy. Yeah. Therapists are just real people with a degree and with, you know, competence. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they rely on us to come and disclose things about ourselves. Yeah. That's the only way it really works. Yeah. Um, the last thing I want to talk about, which is a lie that I definitely grew up believing, and I don't know if you did too, was that therapy needed to be a secretive thing. Mm-hmm. Like people just whispered it. Like it was like, they're in therapy. Yeah. And that just was really harmful because I think it put a lot of shame on it and it did make it something that I felt ashamed to talk about or ashamed to mention that I was interested in or even just be curious about. Yeah. It felt like you could know they were in therapy, but you couldn't know why. And it was more my experience. Like that was just so off, off topic. Like you yeah. could you could not know that off limits. Uh, yeah. You could not know why a person was in counseling. Ooh. 
So it just felt like the, the moment that someone said that, I could never ask why because I wanted to respect their space and their privacy. And I think that really is fine, but it just kind of makes it super taboo. Yeah. And that has unintended consequences and it just kind of rolls from there. That's interesting that you mentioned that because I don't think I ever consciously realized that I also believed that growing up. But I have noticed that now being in therapy, I love when people are like, hey, how's therapy going? Or like, what are you talking about in therapy? And it just makes me feel like so known and cared for. And I can share as much or as little as I right. want to. But do you like when people ask you that? Not typically. Because <laughs> I, I think I just carry some of that with me. Of I okay, kind of want to be a little bit guarded and section that area off yeah. of my life. And that's a, that's a good and bad thing. Right. But there, there are some people that I really do appreciate when they ask yeah. kind of what's going on in therapy. And if I want to share, I know I have that space with them. And so Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. But having that having that space where we know we can talk about it yeah. and it doesn't have to be this secretive thing and it doesn't have to be taboo. That is so important. Yeah. I really think you get the most out of counseling when counseling is not the only time during the week you're talking about those themes. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think that counseling needs to be done in community, really. Yeah. And, I mean, that's, yeah, that's so important. Yeah. So, we talked about some of the lies that we believed about therapy. When did that begin to change for you? In large part, I believe it changed the more I got educated about the subject and people I trusted kind of having an indirect counseling voice in my life so or informal counseling voice in my life it wasn't that they were counseling me necessarily but there were people who I knew had a counseling background and were asking helpful questions listening well I started to see that wait this is actually could be something I really could benefit from yeah if not official counseling like a place like that in my life Mm -hmm. and then just being educated with my undergrad and my my graduate degree in kind of that field different people I trusted talking about how they have a regular practice of going to counseling and it's yeah. nothing to be ashamed of. They, you know, try to do it every couple of years just to, to check in, make sure everything's all right up there. I remember one of them saying, because a lot, we go through a lot in, in our lives and especially as therapists, you really can take on a lot of your clients burdens yeah. and their, their narratives and their stories. And, and you really just need some extra help sometimes from someone who gets it from someone who's been in that same yeah. position but it, it took really people I trusted beginning to expose me to it uh, kind of in small ways over the years yeah 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 so when did that lead you to start your own therapy work it was a culmination of a couple things one of them being I had heard from several people kind of after I moved to Nashville after grad school just about the, the benefits of them going to counseling and the different ways that was helping them. And they would talk about a specific place that they were going to counseling. But I began to just hear it normalized a bit. Mm-hmm. And that, that really helped me when the time did come. And the, the main way that I know that I need or I needed counseling, I, I needed to go in, uh, was because I just got stuck. I was mm, okay. super frustrated and I felt like I was doing mental gymnastics every single time I tried to wrap my head around what I was experiencing and going through. And I remember telling someone about it one day and they were like, I think that you might really benefit from talking with a counselor about this. Mm -hmm. And they really just said like, I was in a similar spot and it helped 
me to go do yeah. this. So think about it. Yeah. And that was kind of the push I needed to start yeah. that process. Yeah. What about you? When did you start? I also started when I moved to Nashville. And I think, I mean, practically, I think that some people do start counseling or start therapy as children. But for me, that wasn't the case. And then in college, I was distracted enough to not really care about my mental health and yeah. how things were. But, you know, graduating college and moving to Nashville, I realized, I don't know, the things that I was struggling with were more apparent. And I mean, practically too, like I'm a middle school teacher and nothing can bring out like all the issues you have in your life, like an 11 year old that's making yeah, you lose snipers. your mind every day. They know. <laughs> and so, yeah, I just began to realize a lot of things that I guess you could say I was stuck in as well. And just things that didn't seem right. Like things that I felt could be better. Like I noticed patterns patterns in my own life. Like I did have some of that circular thinking where I wasn't able to really get to a solution in things. I noticed that I didn't, I wasn't able to label my emotions mm -hmm. as well as I wanted to. And I just had a lot of past experiences that I could tell were really affecting me, but I didn't really know how to let go of them or to incorporate them and understand how to process them. Yeah. Um, and so that led me to start therapy and I really just reached out and began with someone and started and just brought to them everything and was like, all right, here's what I've got. Yeah. Please help me. <laughs> and so that's what led me there. And um, I don't know about you, but I would say initially therapy wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. Was it what you thought it was going to be? In part. Okay. You also I had think, more training. I, yeah, I had a diff kind of different context but it was very unique to be on the other side. Yeah. That was a, a super scary thing It is to do. really scary. It is. And I, I, many therapists say, and I kind of heard this, it's almost cliche a bit, but like I just heard this a lot, but I think it's very true that the bravest thing to do and the most impressive thing for a client to do is just to walk through the door yeah. and walk into the office and see a therapist for the first time. I think that is that's such an important thing to honor when someone is willing to walk through that door and go to counseling yeah. and give it a try. They don't have to love it. They don't have to stay, but they went. Yeah. I think that's a super significant thing. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't, I didn't tell you that I was going to ask you this question okay. and it's okay if you don't want to answer it. Bring it on. But I, I have a distinct memory of the first time I saw my therapist and like a little moment in therapy that just kind of describes my first session. And I wonder if you have a similar moment that you could share, but the one that I'm thinking of is I, I'm very logical. I'm very solutions oriented. And so I had written down a list of all my problems and I had, yeah, I had written down a list and I just handed my notebook to my therapist and was like, wow, here you go. And he wouldn't take the notebook and had me read them all. And then I read them all, and he was like, how does that make you feel? And I was like, I feel nothing. I just <laughs> told you it. And he was like, so you're, this is just like data collection. Yeah. Like, you're just yeah. giving me all the data. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And I just reflect on that, and it makes me sad because I just, I brought a lot in. Yeah. But um, 
yeah, that's, that's what I started with. And so it didn't feel super scary to me. I really felt nothing. But I began to feel a lot more as I continued in therapy, and that was really good. But, um, yeah, that was how my first session went. You mentioned something that I, I want to say wasn't something that I believed about therapy and then wasn't true. It was something that I think we all hear about therapy and counseling then ends up being true is that counselors really do ask, how does that make you feel? They like, really that is- do. <laughs> So many times. And there's there's a little part of me that just kind of goes, like, just wants to crawl into a, a ball. Like, I don't know I, how I feel. I was like, I don't want to answer that question. Yeah. Because that really is where the work is. It is. And that's why they ask that question. And yeah. it, it is super cliche. It can be very cliche to, to hear that. But that was something that I believed about therapy that did end up happening in therapy. Right. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think I have a moment okay. like you were talking about. That's I, fair. I did come in with goals and expectations. Mm-hmm. I just remember really wanting to tell my therapist, like, I'm also trained to be a therapist, and I want you to know that going in. Like, I <laughs> want you to know that, like, but it was important for me to say that because I, I didn't want, I wanted someone who knew what they were doing. Yeah. And I wanted someone who wasn't going to make it super clear to me that they were using a specific modality or counseling mm-hmm. technique. Because okay. if I can catch on to what they're doing, right. I'm going to jump ahead and not go through the process in the way that they intend yeah. to. So I wanted to be really upfront about that from the beginning. This is my background that may, you know, makes me a unique client. And we're all unique clients. Right. But that was something that I remember really yeah. wanting to come across in that first session. And so when my counselor was telling me that the typical you know, I have a, a duty to warn and report if you say something and hear and break confidentiality, all, all those things. I was like, oh, no, I get it. Like, I, you know how to say those things. And like, I'm a counselor like, too. Yeah, like, I understand HIPAA. Yeah, exactly. And it was, it, you know, part of it was helpful and part of it was like, okay, settle down. Yeah. Gabe, like there's a, there's a less prideful way to say that probably. <laughs> but I will say this too, um, as a, I don't know, can I call myself a layman? What is this? Yeah, let's a do it. A, a layman. Okay. A normal I, person. A normal person. Um, I There are moments where I catch on to what my therapist is doing, and I'm like, oh, this is this technique, or like, yeah. they're trying to get me to this point. But I have had to force myself to go along with that process. Even mm-hmm. if I see it, I'm like, I know what you're doing. I know why you're asking me how I feel. Right. But it's still helpful. And so I think that for anyone it's helpful to remind ourselves of that like simple or understanding something doesn't mean that it's not helpful right and we do have to allow ourselves to i don't know be be children kind of yeah and just go through it and i don't know be vulnerable in it even if we want we don't want to yeah i know for me it felt very much like a stop and start process where if i did catch on to why i was being asked a question or kind of the, the direction we were going, I had to fight a mental battle. Just encountering the resistance of saying, yeah. I don't want to go down this path, but I'm going to go down it anyway. Right. And even verbalizing that to my counselor was helpful. And just being honest. Yeah. Like, that is something I think has helped me so much that I've learned in therapy is I truly can just be honest. And so if my therapist says something I don't like, I can say, I don't like that. Yeah. And um, if they say something I don't believe, I can say, yeah, that's cool, but I don't believe that. 
or whatever it is and just being brutally honest like that's a space where you could do that and it has helped me so much and just bled into my other relationships which has been such a good practice for me yeah absolutely I the therapeutic relationship is different from a friendship yeah and that was something that really was part of the reason I fell in love with counseling when I started to go mm-hmm. was because I was ultimately paying for a space yeah. for this but the person I was sitting across from they didn't have to reciprocate or share their own story mm-hmm. or kind of share their perspective necessarily all they were doing was creating a safe space for me where I was the priority and I needed to just share and be honest and be vulnerable there was no mutual expectation of that yeah. and that that boundary was really good and you don't have that in friendships outside of mm-hmm. the counseling relationship so that's what made me really feel like I, I'm getting something that I will not get anywhere else. Yeah. Because it, there's there's no burden to reciprocate when you're in a therapeutic relationship. Yeah, which is really, really healing. Yeah. There's so many different like wounds that we have um, to be able to have that relationship where we can show up and, yeah, it's, it's about us and it's space for us. And there are no expectations besides what we want and need so what would you say is the purpose of therapy (laughs) I feel like there's so many ways to answer this I can say for me the purpose and I think the the purpose of many you know private practices and counselors as they kind of talk about their vision and their mission Mm -hmm. is to help people get unstuck to help Mm -hmm. people take step towards steps towards being healthier yeah it's never to arrive but it yeah. is just to, to push people forward. Yeah. Um, to restore people, to help heal people. It's very much just a push in the right direction. Yeah. I picture it like someone who's just taking your hand and walking along with you. Like they're like, all right, let's go. Yeah, kind of like a Sherpa. And like if you're, you know, <laughs> okay. like Mount Everest, you know what I mean? Like you, it's someone who knows the mountains, they know the range, they know how to climb. Okay, and they're coaching you fair. through that process. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I didn't know where you were going with that. Oh no. Yeah, I, was, I don't know a ton about Sherpas, no, and I've never either. actually <laughs> engaged with a Sherpa, uh, but they're really helpful if I was going to climb Mount Everest. Okay. Okay. But that's that was some verbiage that yeah. I had about you know counseling and explaining counseling to people. Like sometimes we just need a guide. Yeah. To help us make it through. Yeah. So we have talked about how me and you have benefited from therapy in our own lives, but let's open that up to everyone. And I want to know, do you believe that all people need therapy? Do you believe that it's just helpful? It's just a tool? Because there's so many different yeah. opinions on that continuum. And yeah, where, where is your exact point on that continuum? Where do you fall? Gosh, I mean... I do believe that no one has arrived. Absolutely. And so if someone came in with the right desire to be there, then I think they would benefit from counseling. I, I don't know that we all need therapy. I think it's yeah. a useful thing and it's something that we all could feel like we could do mm-hmm. and pursue if that's something we wanted to yeah. do. But I, I do firmly believe that therapy is for people who want it. Because you will not get any better unless you personally want to. Yeah. So I think I, I could say that everyone could benefit from therapy, but I I think need feels super strong to me. Right. What do you believe? 
Okay, I, I agree with you. I don't think that it would be... It's an overstatement to say that everyone needs therapy. Um, because the reality is, like, we're all just super broken. Yeah. And, um, like, we have experienced brokenness around us in this world and in us. And that brokenness has hurt us. And it affects us in a lot of ways. And so if we're talking about us needing healing... We absolutely all need healing. Like right. the Lord provides that and in so many ways, like eternally gives us healing, but also practically in so many ways. And I do believe that one of the ways that the Lord so graciously allows us to be healed is through therapy, but I don't think that that's the only way. Yeah. Um, I do think that there's some times where I would strongly encourage people to go to therapy because it has been so helpful for myself and so many other people, but I don't think that we need it, but I would never say that we don't need it. Right. We, as a, as a people, like as humanity, yeah. I couldn't say that. I, I couldn't yeah. say we should get rid of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just scrap that. Yeah. Yeah. We, we do benefit a lot from it and I don't want to yeah. put, undue importance on it, but I don't want to put too little importance on it at right. the same time. So we've talked about the purpose of therapy and how we don't necessarily all need it, but we all can benefit from it. But then there also are some bad expectations that we walk into therapy with. So I'm thinking about things like for myself personally, I thought that therapy was just going to make me feel happy all the time. And then I learned that in fact, it was going to just help me to be okay feeling sad and I really what didn't a disappointment. like that. It's seriously <laughs> a disappointment. Um, but what else do you think are some unhealthy expectations? I know f for me, an expectation was that going to counseling was going to make the difficult things in my life go away mm. or become so manageable to the point where I didn't notice they were there. Yeah. And that was just not the case. Wouldn't that just be great? And I remember the session where my counselor and I really talked about that, and I was a bit angry. It's yeah. like, well, then what's the point? Why am I here? Like, why do I, I pay this much? Why do I go all this way to yeah. be in counseling? And I was so grateful that he was willing to confront that and say, like, really, this is more about managing something, not finding a cure for it mm -hmm. and fixing you. Yeah. Let me know if you find that, you know, and then right. we can all go out of business. But it really, it's, it's not about... A, someone giving me the cure, yeah. doing a surgery that will help me. Mm -hmm. you know, it, it really is learning the tools and getting the skills from a safe place and a safe yeah. space to, to grow. Yeah, absolutely. And we talked about this as well, that therapy isn't going to be comfortable. Like you're not going to walk in and be like, I just feel so safe and so great. I'm just so happy to be here. Yeah. Like, I think that you'd feel you can feel safe, okay, yes, and still be uncomfortable. Yeah, because I, I think that's a really unique space about it. Mm -hmm. The, the reality. I, I remember thinking a similar thing, and that counseling was a place for me to go to get patched up from oh. a world that was beating me up. Man, and it ultimately it it is like yeah, it, it does do those things, but not in the way that you think. Yeah, it's kind of like you know, doing physical therapy where there are exercises that are painful and I kind of just wish they'd give me a massage. 
Right. But those things are actually really needed for me to heal and for things that are broken to go back into place yeah. and to, to long-term be in a better spot. Yeah. It's definitely not comfortable. No, it is not comfortable. And I think about how so many times I have what I've heard coined like a therapy hangover and oh, yeah. this idea that you go to therapy and then the next 24, 48 week long time is just rough as you're continuing to process and reflect on it and just consider what you spent that hour talking about and working through that in life because a lot of therapy happens outside of those four Absolutely. walls. Um, that's a real thing. Yeah. I remember being irritable, leaving some sessions. Yeah. And it's one time a, a counselor did ask me, like, how can I help you kind of pack up? Yeah. Because that, that, that is really important. If you talk about something really personal and mm-hmm. even emotional, you, you do kind of just to be safe and to continue to be safe once you leave, you kind of have to close everything up. And I like that metaphor yeah. of packing things up so that you can, can go. Because otherwise you just leave and things are kind of a mess. Yeah. Yeah. My therapist would remind me a lot at the end of sessions. Like, this is a lot like running a marathon. You're tired at the end of it and you need three things. You need rest, you need water, and you need protein. He was like processing things. Like you just ran a mental marathon. Mm. And so it's the same things that your body needs. And it, it was just a good reminder for me that throughout the day... I was going to need water. I was going to need rest. And I think one time he even said, I wouldn't be surprised if you yelled at a sixth grader today. And I was like, all right. And it just gave me self, like grace for myself. Um, and those things are good expectations to have because, yeah, you don't walk out of that office feeling better about the world every time. You do sometimes. Um, but it's always worth it. it. It is more momentary discomfort. Yeah. So that long-term you can... So that long-term you can be in a better spot. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like we're, ma- we're in some ways we're making counseling sound like a kind of bad thing. To, but really, I mean, <laughs> I it's just being honest. Like it's it's not all sunshine and roses to go to counseling. Yeah. There are going to be some rough moments where you wonder if you should still be in it and whether you, or not you made the right decision. Yeah, but I feel like it's in those moments that you, we need to remind ourselves like, no, this is... This yeah. is why I need to be in it. Like, this is good for me. It's painful, but it is leading somewhere good. Yeah. And so it's, it's so worth it. I hope we're not making it sound terrible because it's, it's great. It really is. Um, but it's not easy. Yeah. And I'm okay with saying that. Yeah. I really am. I mean, we're being honest about it. I would, I would much rather present it in a, in a real way than try to really sell counseling to people. Yeah. Because ultimately if, you know, if, if, as you're listening to this, you're relating to some of the things we're saying, you feel stuck or whatever is going on in your life, or really just maybe some perspectives are changing about it. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever, if you want to go, and if, if these things help push you in that direction, then great. But yeah, if you're not ready for it, if you're just not quite sure you want to be irritable and go through the whole process of being uncomfortable, then yeah, that's okay. And it may not be time. Yeah. And there may be other spaces for you to do that. Now that we've convinced all these people to start right. therapy. <laughs> You're welcome. Big therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Big therapy. <laughs> what would you say to someone who is considering therapy maybe for the first time? I would probably say go for it. Yeah. And 
I, I would probably ask if there's anything they're wondering going into it or you know, do they do they know where to start? Like do they know that they want to? Yeah. Do they have any places in mind or Yeah. Stuff like that. I think I would really tell them to go for it. <laughs> and I would I would definitely wanna wanna know like what yeah, what's what's brought you to this point? Yeah, yeah. So what would those next steps look like for someone who maybe is just sitting there in their room saying, hmm, maybe I should like consider seeing a therapist. Yeah, I can speak to kind of the way I got into it. And I, I think if you share the way you did too, and just, um, yeah, that first experience with a counselor, I know for me, it, I had heard about the place I wanted to check out before from other people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to, I'm going to go to this place because yeah. I've heard good things and it's okay to therapist shop. But if you already yeah. have a recommendation, then go for it. Like it got good it. reviews. Yeah. yeah, it it's kind of a Yelp yeah. thing almost. It's okay to care about those yeah. things when it comes to therapy. It is a service that someone is providing, and it's there are reviews and ratings out there that are going to be helpful for you to find yeah. a place. But most most places are going to have a getting started link on their webpage, or they're going to have kind of a pathway to get in. But the the most helpful thing is really to get their phone number and just call and say, can I, can I talk to someone and just see if this is going to be a good fit? Yeah. And I know I did an intake phone call that was really helpful. Yes. And I would say getting the ball rolling, tell someone that you want to get the ball rolling and then say, Hey, can you ask me if I've called next week? Yes. I know that's helpful accountability Yeah. because you can talk yourself out of it very easily and very quickly. And sometimes there's a limited window of time when you're in a position where you, you're willing to make that call and get things started. Yeah, absolutely. That's really good advice. I did that myself, and then I've had other friends do that and ask me to check in with them. And, yeah, that's absolutely very helpful. And um, I like how you mentioned that intake phone call because I think that's pretty common practice yeah. for your therapy, that your first time talking with your therapist or with someone at that office is not a full session. It's just giving an idea of what you're looking for, what you're going for. And then that first full session also is no strings attached. Like yeah. if you meet someone and you don't like them, you don't ever have to see them again. You could leave halfway through if you wanted. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think that's important. Um, no, I think that's a great point because one of the most intimidating things can be wondering if you're going to get along with your counselor. Yeah. And also, if you're not quite sure what kind of counselor you're looking for, it's helpful to think about that beforehand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if if you just don't think they're going to be a great fit, you are not tied to them. And the more honest you're willing to be about that, they can actually help you. If they're on a team of counselors, they can say, hey, I think this person, like Brad on my team, like they might be a great resource right. for you Yeah. Um, instead of me. Like this is their background. This, this yeah. might be a, a better thing. So I, I think if you're willing to... Really, if you're you're willing to date, like that's what it is. Yeah. You have to give it a try, and it's yeah. There's no strings attached, like you said. I know, and we've we've talked about this before. That was a bit of your first experience too. Yeah, right? yeah. I went off of other people's recommendations to a place that I'd heard of, and met with a therapist there for I mean I think a year or so, and it wasn't a bad experience at all. And it was my first therapist, so I really didn't know what to expect. I had no baseline I guess um but after about a year I realized I just wasn't working through the goals that 
I had set for myself. And yeah, I wasn't really getting anywhere. And so I was having a place where I could come in and talk, but I didn't feel like I was making a lot of progress. And I do think that there's times where I felt that way and I was making progress and I just wasn't seeing it. Mm -hmm. But I think this time I really wasn't making a lot. And so I decided to see a different therapist and switch. And um, I'm really glad that I did. And it didn't, it wasn't this big moment with my therapist where I was like, I'm breaking up with you. Right. But that is the fear though. That is the fear. And I, I kind of have used that language jokingly with my therapist of like, I'm going to break up with you (laughs) or like, I'm furloughing you for a little bit. They probably love that. I hope so. (laughs) I like to think that they do, you know, it's really funny or something, but, um, yeah, so I stopped seeing my first therapist and then switched to a different one. And that really was like a cold call situation. I just, it was the only person they had available and I just decided to go for it and meet them for the first time. And they specialized in things that I didn't necessarily feel like I needed help with, but I just went for it and I ended up really connecting with him. That's and awesome. so have been with that therapist for a while and it's been really great. And so... I don't know. I didn't do a lot of research and it still worked out for me. And so I think that you can research it. You can look up what people specialize in and really find someone that you think will really be helpful. Or you can just show up and see. And neither way is right or wrong. Yeah. I would definitely encourage knowing what you're looking for from a counselor. I know for me, I needed to say... To my counselor, it really, I, I said this on the intake call, I think, I just talked about how like I, I want a clinical counseling experience, mm-hmm. but I want someone who's comfortable talking about spirituality and specifically Christianity. Yes. I don't need someone who's a pastor. Mm-hmm. I just want someone who's who's comfortable going there with me yeah. if I want to go yeah. there. So we we need to wrap things up here. Okay. Um, we should. We should. We could probably we talk. I could talk about my experience with therapy and counseling for a long time oh, because same. there's so much to unpack and continually unpack. So, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How let's wrap it up. Every yeah. week we just debrief oh, our gosh. sessions. Yeah, let's record it and share with everyone. <laughs> oh no, that is my worst nightmare. Okay. We're not going to do that. Um, but I do want to end this episode by incorporating what we really do believe that God says about therapy. And so that's a really broad question, but what do you think that God has to say about therapy I think that done in the right way therapy is a reflection of God's heart and his desire to be with us yeah. there are you know and this this circles back to the Jesus is all that you need statement too like I think that that's where this can kind of get blurry but you know you have places like Matthew eleven twenty eight. come to me all you who are weary and heavy burdened yeah Jesus desires to give us rest when we are feeling heavy and weary and you have places like, I think it's Psalm 34, 18, that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. God is with yeah. the lowly and he's with the people that are in crisis and with the people that are at rock bottom. So many people have a spiritual experience at rock bottom, even if they don't necessarily say that it was God, there's usually something going on. Yeah. And I, I know that might sound a little ethereal, but um, rough draft. But I, I think that the... The unconditional love in a healthy therapeutic relationship is a space on earth where we get a small reflection of what unconditional acceptance and love from God feels like through Jesus. Yeah. 
Man, that's so good. That's so good. I'm just like, I'm soaking. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm soaking in that. Sitting in that. But you're right. Like, that is, it's not unconditional. And so my logic wants to be like, it's not an unconditional love. But it, it is supposed to be. Right. Like it's not said. a perfect reflection, but it is yeah, a reflection. It is supposed to be that reflection of Christ's love for us. And the way that he cares for us with no expectation for us to care for him. Um, wow. Yeah. So and I, I think it, it may be helpful to connect that God is, is with us when we're in counseling. So it's not truly that we are alone with a counselor trying to do this outside of God. God is omnipresent and he is Emmanuel. He's yeah. with us. Liter- literally, he's, he's with us in that room and in that space. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's there to, to help us get pushed forward to yeah. look more like Christ ultimately. But looking more like Christ is taking steps towards spiritual health. Yeah. And that that involves all of our our areas, really all of our our body, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Like it God cares about all of those things. And one of the the verses I had someone share with me recently that I thought really just encapsulated the counseling experience and one of the great benefits of going to a counselor is Proverbs 25 and it says the purpose of a man's heart is like deep water but a man of understanding will draw it out. And for each of us coming into the counseling room and into that space, we're people with deep water. We have a lot going on, a lot to wade through, and we might even feel like we're drowning. And so the purpose of a man's heart, the inner workings of a man's heart are going to feel that way. Where a counselor can come in, a man of understanding, a man with the clinical training, I don't want to read too much into it, but Mm -hmm. really a, a wise person helps draw us out of the water and helps draw our purpose out like it's it's hidden like a, a deep sea treasure like yeah. I, I love that verse and really this is wisdom literature it is not explicitly uh, saying that the man of understanding is God it is saying a man of understanding this is meant to be practically understood yeah. so I think the counseling space is you know where we see this verse play out yeah it is truly a tool it's optional but I think that there are some really unique things that we learn about God being a part of it and his yeah. care for us. Well, thank you so much for being here with me today. And to our listeners, thank you for listening to our rough draft thoughts about therapy today. My next episode is going to be about what to expect in therapy. And I'll be joined by Caitlin Logan, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear the perspective that she brings. And I'm going to ask her some of your burning questions that you have for therapists. So, get ready. Why can't you fix me? (laughs) Why can't you fix me? You have it all together. Right. So, in the meantime, remember that you can follow Rough Draft Revelations on Instagram and get reminders of new episodes and some of my favorite quotes from past episodes. So go ahead and follow me there to hear when new episodes are being released and subscribe where you find your podcasts. So I will see you next time. Bye, guys.